The Winter King is a British historical fiction television series based on Bernard Cornwell's trilogy The Warlord Chronicles. In 2020, Epics announced that the live-action adaptation had been greenlit. Two episodes aired in August on MGM Plus in the US, ITVX in the UK. One of the production companies involved, Bad Wolf, should sound familiar to you because they're also the people who worked on Doctor Who, The Night Of, His Dark Materials, the list goes on. Otto Bathurst should also sound familiar. It's attached as both director and producer. He directed the first episode of Black Mirror, first two episodes of Halo, and the first three episodes of Peaky Blinders. So he's pretty well known for his pilots. Um, many have drawn comparisons to this show to other historical fiction adaptations like The Last Kingdom, based off the same author's book, um, okay. books, and uh, Outlander as well as Game of Thrones, which isn't historical fiction as much, none of these have been considered very accurate in their portrayal of history. Um, it was scripted by Kate Brook and Ed Whitmore, these two episodes. The story of Arthur Merlin, the Knights of the Round Table, but I hear that a lot of it doesn't even uh, involve the Knights of the Round Table. Let's jump into it. What did you think of the first two episodes? Well, you said Outlander, uh, Game of Thrones, and then which other one? La the Last Kingdom. The Last Kingdom. All three of those I had in my comparisons list. Well, I don't think you've seen The Last Kingdom, have you? Yeah, I saw like the first episode of it years ago. What did you think of like budgetary-wise where Game of Thrones, The Last Kingdom, and this landed? Like, if you Oh, were well, to this, rate is, them. This, is, this is last in terms of budget. And then you would have The Last Kingdom, which if I remember correctly, did have quite a budget for nope, it. it no, it did not. No, in, in fact... Pale in comparison to uh, Game of Thrones. I think in the first season, it was like uh, $10 million or less to make it. And I think for every episode of Game of Thrones, by the end there, oh, it was well, like, by the end, it was one of the most expensive TV shows of all time. Was it like $10 million an episode? Or something like that. Maybe even more. Maybe even more. And it's nothing compared to what Marvel does. MGM Plus, they were the ones to do Godfather of Harlem, right? I believe so, yeah. And then they also, also did... Well, I mean, Epics and MGM Plus, they are the same company. I think they're both owned by right. Amazon or something, yeah. But then they also did Pennyworth, Get Shorty from I think was Epics, and then, yeah, it transferred over to MGM+. Plus. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like the Winter King, at least for the first two episodes that we got here, it, it doesn't seem like it falls in their wheelhouse. It why seems not? Like the, because, again, you have Pennyworth, Get Shorty from Godfather of Harlem. None of them are, like, the medieval-type TV shows. Okay, so it's a new genre for them. What does that mean to you? Well, I think that they were trying... If this show came out 10 years ago, yeah. I think it would be a lot better, or oh, considered you mean it, a lot better. It would be considered a lot better. Than so, it, than it is so you now. didn't like it? Not as much as I think I wanted to going in. How familiar are you with the Arthur Merlin storyline? Like, just the mythos? No, I think, like, Merlin is the only show that I think has even tried to touch anything like that. Yeah, I took some European history courses in college, I remember, and it was a big deal because, like... I, the, when Arthur existed in real life, like, no one was writing about him. But then, like, 300 years later, some writers came out and they started making these romances with Arthur and Guinevere and Lancelot. And then it became a whole, like, mythical, like, the Holy Grail. And all these stories started coming out from that time, all made up. Wizards, witches, you know, all that stuff. Well, Arthur isn't even the main character in this show. Okay, it seems and like he's, he's not in the book either. He's not in the book. That yeah. Makes so, okay, that makes so much more sense. I think it's like Sir Durfer or something like that, we right? Start, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that ends up being the main character. But for the first 25 to 30 minutes of this show, we follow Arthur. He's the first face we see. We see that he's just been in battle. He lost his uh, he lost his brother, and also his dad is king. Now, when you say his brother, are you talking about Mordred? Mordred, Mordred, So yeah. that's weird to me, because I, I've seen a few recreations of the whole Arthur thing, especially in Merlin um, with Colin, whatever yes. his face is. 
I'm pretty sure Mordred has always been sort of a villain character to Arthur. And I don't remember his lineage being as connected as being his brother. But huh. but maybe because, I'm mistaken. Yeah, because Mordred, is, you're supposed to be really sad that like Arthur lost him in war. Because his dad is King Uther yes, Pendragon. Yes, that's, that's always the same. It's always Uther. And yes. is Uther always a dick? Uther's, because Uther sometimes has an arc where he like becomes a good dad, but most <laughs> of the time he's not the best. That, yeah, this does not follow the arc where he somehow ends up. He becoming redeems good. himself. Nothing like that. Yeah, no. because in the in the first episode, what he does is he's not re he's ready to kill Arthur. Mm -hmm. Literally, he gets everyone from uh, all around. I guess it, it is kind of like that's the round table that you're talking about. <laughs> no, but I don't think not, it is. But it's yeah. not actually a round table. What it is is it's a room filled with people, kind of like from Avalon. Merlin is the person who runs Avalon. All these people that lead certain types of tribes and land all around. Yeah, they, they, there were definitely a lot of people in the round table. I think there was over a thousand. Oh, so well, it, yeah, no, here it's, here they, 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 like, I guess, But it was, like, the main knights people. that Arthur would work with when he was off doing his things, and I think he was the one who created it, like, the whole mm -hmm. idea. I think right now you're just describing maybe their government. Yeah. And how, yeah, and so how Uther just, why does he hate his son, though? Because just, he feels feels like he is responsible for Mordred's death. Okay. He does not want to accept any other possibility. Again, he rises he raises his sword to uh, Arthur yeah. like two times ready to kill him. The most recent thing I can think of where the dad's character blames maybe the other sibling for the death or is at least very depressed about it, is uh, the big um, blue more... What was that thing called? The big prize door. The big prize door, thank you, where one of the twins uh, died, and then the other one uh, was the main character, and he, uh, yeah, his dad was really depressed all the time, and it just seemed like he liked the other brother better. So, so yeah, um, sorry for the detract. But Arthur, yeah, he's banished from the council. Or, I'm sorry, banished from Britain, because this is Britain in the 5th century. In fact, we get text confirming that. People the were really really upset when this first came out the trailers they started saying england in the fifth century and england <laughs> didn't exist in the fifth century so like all the fans of well, the books came out and they were bashing it and they were saying this is ridiculous they also didn't like some of the casting that but we'll get into I that mean, later it's historical fiction right yes, so, it's completely made up basically. i mean yeah in, in the end it really doesn't seem like it would matter that much but i guess if you really like the books i guess that makes sense anyways arthur he's thrown out of uh he's thrown out of britain mm -hmm. and then he comes across these Saxon people. Now, if I remember correctly, Saxons were villains in The Last Kingdom, right? Or something like that. I think that, I didn't watch the show that I much. I think this is the... I don't think oh, this is the first time people Saxons People did ask whether or not they needed to watch one or the other first, and definitely no. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> you can, yeah. You can jump between either one. They're not the same show. They're I not the same one. They're not based off the same books. The Winter King is actually the first book of the Warlord Chronicles, just like Game of Thrones is the first one of, of, of Ice and Fire or whatever that uh -huh. uh, George R. R. Martin series is. But I did find it interesting how, like, maybe you'll have interesting it, the character names that sync up a little bit with his other work, mm. and it just seems like Bernard Cornwell, even if you don't like the show, you might enjoy just jumping in and reading some of his stuff. He seems, he sounds like Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. And Wheel of Time has been brought up. Wheel of Time, yeah, that's one of my uh, comparisons. Legend of the Seeker, also Vikings. Well, costuming-wise, uh, which which looks more realistic? Is Does this do a good job at that? This, yeah, costume. Here's when it comes to 
costume when it comes to music, like especially the orchestra, a the lot music. of strings. I mm -hmm. thought that they they did a great job with those two things. They're probably cool. the strongest thing about the whole entire show. How about the landscape? Like we we know in these it's shot this nice. day and age, we got like some crazy green it's, villages. I mean, like I know you it's said, a lot it's of a, yeah. It doesn't have a lot of uh, of a budget to it, so it's not a lot. So of where do you see that the money. most? Just the CGI? I would say so. Is yeah. That, do you get a chance to actually have that other than war? Like, because I don't think magic exists here, right? Merlin is magic actually... does exist. Magic does exist because so Arthur he finds Durfle, the main character, <laughs> when he's like twelve years old. Yes. It actually was kind of hard to watch because he has a spike through him, and there's a ton of dead Saxons everywhere. Yeah, and he's the only one that's still alive. But again, he has a spike literally uh, through his chest, uh -huh. and I, he would be dead. It seemed like because it seemed, this seemed like it would at least pierce his heart. But no, somehow Durfle is alive. Arthur saves him, lifts him off the spike. There's one of those things where it's like, we're going to count to three and then lifts him on two. Mm -hmm. It's able to do so pretty fast. I felt like there was more of an effective way to do that. But anyways, he brings him to Avalon, which is where Merlin, who is really more a father figure. In fact, he's the person. Who yeah, Merlin's old again. Yes. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I liked it when Merlin was the same age as Arthur, like well, that they were frenemies. Or Merlin Merlin uh, is more a father figure to Arthur than Uther is. Yeah, he was he's the like person, Alfred the butler. He was the person, <laughs> yes, because he was the person to stop Uther from even killing him the first time being like you know what we should do we should just actually make him unallowed to come back people were upset about merlin's representation because uh he in the books apparently is like just a wild card character and kind of crazy nothing like and this, this and they really toned him down because yeah when yeah. when arthur brings durful to avalon arthur is just like okay bye leaves he's not there for like a majority of the first <laughs> and second episode yeah. and we just followed him the first 30 minutes and it falls into the same trap that i think uh some of these shows whenever they try to switch the main character midway through such mm -hmm. as like mayor of kingstown if you remember that here it's the same thing i like following arthur more mm -hmm. but then it switches to durful midway through and the only thing we even really get from durful is that merlin is again his father figure i guess merlin is just a father it's figure like his tutor everyone. though i think right like doesn't he go he takes him under his wing and then he starts teaching him magic yes yeah well no because no. magic is in the show but durful i get we haven't seen him use it yet mm -hmm. Namu, he is that's the person that durful is in to, she is way more magical than he is like she has something to her but it's not really established and, and magic for this show isn't really established the ground rules for it well i think what they're doing is that it's like magic tricks it's not actual real magic no namu has something to her like she's able we don't know what it is yet but they have hinted at it so heavily in the first two episodes okay. where she can either like tell the it's future beyond showmanship or something yeah merlin he can definitely tell the future he just has to touch something and suddenly he gets like a frontward flash as to I what mean, exactly back in the day though on. they could be pretty credible like there would be still be those stories and people would believe them that doesn't necessarily necessarily make them true like there'd be astounding feats back like with mirrors and stuff i don't know well yeah but what are from, from everything i read about it the books didn't actually show magic but i could be completely wrong i mean you literally can't be with uh durful because it's her destiny it's the destiny by the gods because of the path that she's chosen to do which is the path of magic it seems like sure okay so i heard the second episode is better than the first the first episode just sounds like the first part was uther getting mad at arthur and then there's an introduction of a lot of characters am i missing anything yeah because merlin he has a frontward vision because like i said he can tell the future yeah. a vision of a tyrannical future king who was just born from queen of norwina who is king uther's wife 
Okay. And because of this, he decides to go to Uther and is like, look, you cannot let this person, your new son, uh, take over the kingdom because he kills his own people. He's going to be a tyrant. He's going to be like really, really bad. Always Uther, with the prophecies with these things. Yeah, but Uther doesn't want to hear it. He's like, no, I don't believe you. Even Wednesday had reason. a prophe prophecy in it, the ending of that pilot. It just reminds me a little bit also of Disenchanted. The, um, the, the a lot of prophecies in that as well? No, it's just the Netflix, like medieval, the kings getting mad at each other. And the uh, yeah, this is again like Game of Thrones too, where it's the succession, right? Where yeah. where it's going from there? Is Uther super old or something? I know he's played by the yes. guy from B for Vendetta and Sherlock Holmes, so he's he, looking for an heir, but he doesn't want to give it to Arthur anymore, and that's what and the that's first and that's why Merlin up. decides that he's going to go out there and try to find Arthur, and it seemed like that was going to be the season story arc for Merlin. He was just going to kind of be out there trying to find him for episodes, but mm -hmm. no, it takes like five minutes for the show to end with Arthur <laughs> with him finding Arthur and saying you have to come back to the kingdom do you think why do you think people dislike the first episode because i think it's fair to say that the second episode has been liked a lot more than it and like what do you the think first the first episode has a too slow dense. pace well it's very dense but also a snail's pace in fact the villain that they set up who's probably going to be the villain for the whole entire series king gunless for some reason he decided to go to king uther because they've been enemies for decades but they're both kings yes they're both kings <laughs> but he king gunless is asking for forgiveness i guess for all the time like for the fights I that hope they he brought had. some gifts i mean really what he does is he kneels down to king uther and he kisses his ring That's... and says that he's not going to help his uncle because apparently king uther is villains with his uncle as well villains it with okay yeah. enemies it didn't really make a lot of sense but the main twist there was that durful uh the person that killed his mom and set up kind of the attack against the saxons were was king gunless so now he's going to have to kind of... Wait, what? Durful, the little kid that you said was There's around. a time jump eight oh, years okay. later. Yeah, that's yeah. why, that's when he's like with Nemu and stuff like that. After Arthur leaves, that's when the time jump happens. And so... So different characters playing these roles though. So right. you, Stuart Campbell, the guy who was in Rogue Heroes, that show that's going on, he <laughs> only comes to play Durful eight years in the future. Yes. All right. Yes. And he's... Yeah, I hear he wears a terrible wig. Like yeah, people, people were making fun of his hair. <laughs> well, his look was just very strange. It's corny. Yeah, I, okay. I would say so. And he, the reason why he's at uh, where King Uther is, is because Merlin decided to ask him to come along because the fact that Uther has had this baby plays such a big factor into it. All right. But if you're saying that the second episode is better, I'm glad to hear that because I thought that the second episode was better also. Uther dies almost immediately right off the bat. We get like a 10 minute montage of him. Okay. And he's just getting sicker and sicker and his hair is like falling out. We see that it's very clear that he's not going to be able to live. He's on his last legs. And, and I thought that his final scene about 10 minutes into the episode was probably the best that the show got emotionally wise because Uther, he's kind of sorry, we learn, for kicking Arthur out and says that Arthur is someone... So there is a redemption arc. You said there was no redemption yeah, arc. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I mean, throughout, you have to understand that this was a full first episode where he's just playing an evil character. Someone yeah. that he trusts a lot. Someone that he took the word with Merlin to let Arthur just like kind of leave. He doesn't even listen to at this point when he's hearing that his son is going to be a tyrant and is going to be someone that kills just for the fun of it. All right. So, I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know how you're really supposed to feel about Uther by the he's end. He's a complicated guy. <laughs> 
but he, I mean, he led the kingdom for a long time, and the kingdom is still around, so that's... But the kingdom a, is not in good shape, yeah. either. Mm-hmm. And and also, we get Merlin at the very beginning of the second episode. He's still speaking to Arthur. He's like, you have to come back, and Arthur makes it clear he's not going to come back to the kingdom. Okay, so, so where does Owain fit into all this? Owain, okay, so he was actually probably my favorite character of the first and two episodes. And you recognized him, I hope. No. Yeah. Really? The yeah. guy from Lovesick, the guy from Sex Education, he dated the Wait, wait, character. that was him? I believe so. <laughs> why why so. is he in this? I mean, like, I, he doesn't even really play. Is he the, not a comic no, comedy guy? No, he's, comedy guy. <laughs> he's the friend, actually. He's the friend of Arthur. Mm-hmm. And he was someone that I uh, went to the king with when they had Mordred's body. Well, they, it says him. here he's Uther's champion of uh, Demonia, which is, or however you pronounce the place they're at. Yeah. He's going to be also the trainer of Durful because Durful is underneath the basement i guess training with his sword at one at the beginning of the second oh i episode. thought it was merlin who was training durful so yeah now this is making more well, sense yeah so the second episode really kicks it up a notch though midway like about midway through mm-hmm. because that's when we learn just how villainous king gunless is he goes to avalon and the well, baby now that his main competition is dead i would assume so but he he like kind of uh what, what's the word he paid his respects or it's not even paid his respects like he what, what's it spit called? on the grave i mean i would think that he would have done something just to show that everything that he had done done up until then had been an act it, well that's that's exactly what yeah. he does because it gets a little hard to watch when he gets to the fight scene he goes to avalon there's a baby there yes it's, this it's is queen of norwena's baby and Norwena, she yeah. yeah she gives him the baby he's just kind of talking about how small it is and then he pulls out a knife and, kills and just kills the baby but like you see screen. the whole thing yeah on screen yeah so this is the scene that people were talking about because they said in the book they did it and they assumed that when they showed the visual representation of it they would have more like subtlety or like not yeah show it. i thought that we were past the point where kind of uh rapes being shown on screen because that's what happens that's to what happens Mimu next? as well oh gosh yeah, okay. they showed on All screen right. and it felt like it i mean i thought that that seems like something that we would have seen maybe 15 years ago well, at this point i thought there would be more nuance to when you introduce a story like that what's the uh singer's show the starlight singer guy's show the idol uh, the idol yeah. yeah i mean that shows you that rapes aren't done and well shows. and i yeah. was yeah i was just wondering what the point of it was because it just does seem like such an archaic type of storyline to throw in there as well i mean the books were written 20 some years ago and uh, i get that you're trying to, to show, be shock yeah. you're trying to show king gunless as this terrible person because he has a ton of people killed and queen norwina probably has the most brutal death he goes so into he their de- so she's dead too he goes into their tent and okay. she and he's like kiss my sword and when she kisses as a sword just stabs wow. her and you see the sword go through the neck of her so merlin ends up dying as well and i, I have them like the last 25 minutes <laughs> left there's arthur yeah yeah well it's hard it's hard to like kind of look away because that's when the are you show sure merlin's dead really i think merlin's a main character are you sure he's dead merlin yeah well it's, it seemed like he was okay we, Is see, there a we see him get there's a chance but yeah. we see him get stabbed there's like a 99 percent chance i he's thought not dead. for sure that he was dead because <laughs> I don't think the so. show made it seem like it was going to be that way and as you said who is left at this point? Because for the first two episodes, we've been introduced to Uther. He's gone at the beginning. We've been uh, introduced to Queen of Norwina. She's dead. And then we get Merlin. And I guess you're saying now he's alive. Yeah, but... I'm going to say Merlin's probably alive. Uh, you have Nimue, right? She's yeah. still running around. Nimue, yeah, like I said, she's the one that's uh, raped by King Gunless, but she's able to make it out with Durful. And oh, Durful okay. and him are, yeah. uh, and Durful and these, like, I guess, uh, survivors, they all meet up. 
and then you have uh, King Gunlin. He or Gunli, Gunlius. Gunless. Gunless. Yes. Okay. He's asking people. He's asking like all of his army to go out and try and find them because he realizes that the baby that he killed was actually <laughs> not the baby that that they said that it was. This was actually planned. okay. This is like Game of Thrones where like remember Joffrey tries to get all the babies killed. That's in exactly the what it was like. Yeah, that's, so it's just, that, yeah. that was the example. They're following the same because thing. the baby has this like deformed hand and also this deformed foot. That's how he's able. to to tell so when he looks at the baby that he killed and the baby seemed fine so you like this episode or, or not like I'm it's not... it's hard to say because it's definitely better than the second episode was. you mean the, the first episode was then the first episode was <laughs> okay you only watched two the, the the thing i'm trying to figure out is are you gonna watch any more would you recommend it to anybody um yeah. i think if you really really like medieval shows you probably like renaissance will. literature any of that stuff yes you probably will enjoy this show but also i'm not going to watch any more of it so you're because not because it seemed so ridiculous this the second episode seemed like something that you should that a show should maybe save until the seventh episode when you've gone to get more of the characters queen of norwina so it hits harder i don't yes because queen of norwina i don't even really know anything about her aside from the fact that she birthed the cursed child yeah uther his death scene was sad but again you only get really him in the first episode being a dick king gunlius i feel like his i i get that it's based off a book and this may have happened early on in the book but i think it would have helped if they had like set up a couple episodes where king gunlius is at his most uh, noble and he's really helpful and shows that he's actually for king uther because when he turns in the second episode it doesn't even seem like it was really that big a twist we get at the very end of the first episode that Durful sees a vision of King Gunlius being evil. So when he's evil in the second episode, it's like, okay, so he's how we thought he was the whole time. It proves that the prophecies are right, though. Um, when it comes to Game of Thrones, that's still on like the top, what, 100 te best television shows like ranked 13? on IMDb. Yeah. And on The Last Kingdom, I'm pretty sure that one's pretty highly rated as well. Where do you think this falls? I would like, say what would you say that I would say is? it's probably well below that. No, no, no. I would What's give the, the I would give the yeah. first two episodes probably together a six and a half. Okay, and what do you think the IMDb score is? I'll go with six. Okay, it's a five point two right now. Wow. People say the first episode's a little awkward and it gets better in the second episode. However, it sounds very brutal. Um, not as brutal as the Them series, which you said was also produced by MGM. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, that I heard got even crazier. Um, Forbes called it a messy Hollywoodized concoction that runs roughshod with the plot. Well, I think that when you have the plot that this does, it's almost just kind of skeletal because there's so little to it. The there's so little nuance in this show. By the end of the second episode, Durful and Arthur and all the people that he's with kind of get together. That's where the second episode leaves off. And it doesn't even seem like it's really that important. In the, the thing end. I liked about the Forbes interview, though, is that it was written by someone who had read the books. And so they talked about how there were a lot of things that were make believe. Remember when I said um, how they followed the baby killing scene? Like that was from the books. Yes. Well, stuff that wasn't from it was like Uther beating Arthur nearly to death. That was completely fabricated. Okay, so at the very beginning of the first episode. Yeah, and they added it, I guess, because Kate Brook and Ed Whitmore felt like they wanted to tell the story that way. Well, it feels like it's a ripoff and of then Game also, of Thrones almost. Because if you remember, uh, Catelyn, or who's the person that dies in the Red Wedding? Uh, a lot of them do. The, the mom. The yeah, mom Catelyn Stark. Yeah, she has that, I think, uh, kind of epiphany a couple episodes prior that she's treated Jon Snow badly throughout that whole entire time. Yeah, she does. And here it seems like King Uther 
Luther, when he's on the verge of death, also kind of realizes that he's treated Arthur badly this mm-hmm. whole time as well. It seems like that... It, it, There's it, a lot of revelations when you're on the deathbed. Like, that happens in Thor, that happens in House of the Dragon. But it even the show starts with text at the beginning of the first episode saying, decades of warring tribes have left the country divided. That just seems like Avatar The Last Airbender. Tension simmer between pagans and Christians. High King Uther Pendragon struggles to unite the tribes this to is take just on the, Star the greatest Wars threat yeah. of all Saxons. But it's not only Star Wars because you also have House of the Dragon. They started out with text. The Bastard Executioner, which I remember was uh, was the show that was on FX that barely lasted I don't, a season. I, I would have to forgive them for that, though, because if you're telling a story that's been told so many different ways, you really do have to individualize it like and say, this is how we are starting ours. Like This is how we are different. But because it doesn't. But it seems like every single show tries to do that. No, 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 we I'm saying time. because Arthur, Merlin, and, the, and Uther and all those have been told in so many different ways, you really do need to describe, unlike those other shows that you're talking about. I just wish that there was another preferred way of telling us information than just throwing it at the viewer at the very beginning because it seems like so many shows show that take place in medieval time do that. Um, yeah, I mean, the only two I can really think of most recently for this are Merlin and uh, in Camelot. But uh, the other thing that they think that was made up was Arthur, your favorite moment where Arthur saved the Saxon boy. Yeah. That they thought was made up in the death pit. Like he was still in the death pit, Durfel was, but like he wasn't saved by Arthur. Then how was he saved? I have no idea. Because uh, they, they, I, there is a stake through this man's heart yes. and he's still able to survive. <laughs> okay. AV Club did give it an A and uh, the reviewer didn't read the book. So AV I was, Club gave it an, not even an A minus, an A. An A. I think that's the first time I've ever seen that. Okay. For, you're making me uh, self-conscious whether or not I need to go back to check that. But for all the graphic bloodshed, which spares neither infants nor dogs, the series doesn't glorify gore. The killing is full of terror and remorse. Uh, no, I would say that when King Gunless and when he comes and he kills everybody, it definitely does glorify gore. All right. Collider says the Winter Kings ensemble cast is stacked, recommended it to people who liked House of the Dragon. The a- Okay. I think House of the Dragon you're going to like more than this. The acting was good. The costume and the score were great. And when it comes to the action yeah it's they even fine complimented as well. uh daniel ings the guy for owen yeah yeah i know and i said owen is probably my favorite yeah. character i felt like you actually got more of him in the few scenes that he's in than you did for durfle i only have a couple more of these variety uh lengthy preamble weighed down with exposition and hollywood reporter said bad wigs rushed and game of thrones knockoff okay bad wigs i agree with lengthy i think that it would be fine if just the pacing was better why mm-hmm. did we need the 30 minute kind of preamble of arthur just to get to durfle's storyline in the first episode which ends and it's like oh okay someone's killed his mom and he's going to probably have a revenge arc. When it gets to the second episode, you understand how bad King Gunless is, so he does seem like a threat, but it's still seen how many episodes is I think it's ten. Ten. And yet, like, we're here in the second episode, and I have no idea where the show is supposed to go from here. Well, with Game of Thrones, the reason I think it was so good for the first few seasons was it had the complex characters, political intrigue, high production value, shocking narrative twists um, that actually fit, that weren't just there because they were shocking, and it had a cultural impact. Um, and I think that actually played into why it was so good is because everybody was talking about it. And like here, so, here so with this, it has no one's that. talking about it. The, the only thing I would say maybe um, is that there's 
political intrigue a little bit and some 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 of the reviews of the complex characters i mean when you talk about political intrigue so i feel like five. i feel like they've killed off the person who had the most political storyline which was uther because again he's the king and he's almost turning into forgive the pun but the mad king because of how just crazy he is hmm, that's not really a pun um <laughs> uh the last thing i have though for you is on a lighter note it's just a trivia game uh, dealing with um, the medieval and Renaissance literature, um, mostly the Arthur storyline, whether or not you're going to get it right. So mm-hmm. true or false, ready? Yeah. In addition to his sword, Excalibur, which did they touch upon Excalibur at all? Uh, I think you see Mentioned it a couple him. times, yeah. Arthur is also known to have a spear named Ron. A spear named true Ron? True or false? I would go with true because at the very end of the second episode, Arthur has a little bit of an army. In fact, that's who takes out some of the people that were running after the crew, King Gunless. Uh, King Gunless people get taken out by spears. Okay. So I will go with true. It's true. It's short for Rongo Miniad, and uh, I think that just means spear in a different language. Uh, the reason Arthur was able to pull Excalibur from the stone was because Merlin placed a charm to loosen it. Uh, in the original I, I tale. I have never heard that, so I will go with false. Well, you know the store, the sword and the stone where everybody tries to pull it out. Arthur pulled it out. You yeah, watched that, the cartoon Yes, I'm saying I know, I know the story. I don't remember the charm, though. You don't remember the old Merlin like casting it? So I guess quick? that must be true. Then, no, it's right? false. <laughs> <laughs> um, the fattest knight at Arthur's uh, King, King Arthur's round table was uh, Circumference. Circumference? No, that's no. False. I was a joke. Yeah, I was yeah. making a joke. All right. The last thing I'll tell you though, this is just a pure fact. Apparently, um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, also a uh, Renaissance literature with Arthur, who was trying to find the Holy Grail. Right. Mm-hmm. Last time I think they depicted it that I saw was in Mrs. Davis, um, that that TV show. Um, but uh, the the Monty Python movie, they didn't have the funding for it. Like no studio wanted to produce it. So what they did was they went to Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and got them to fund it for them, the people in the band. (laughs) And then for Life of Brian, something very similar happened. And so what artist do you think they went to for funding? I don't know, because Life of Brian came out in the 80s, right? George Harrison. They went to George Harrison and George Harrison funded it, yeah. And then when some people were complaining about, like, who they were working with, like, John Cleese was kind of hard to act with or whatever, George Harrison was like, I worked with the Beatles for this long, (laughs) and we were sick of each other all the time. You can work with these people. And I was like, okay. And then he went back to work. So So they literally just asked fans, and they gave him millions of dollars. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize how big a fan that, like, they were with comedies, but I like how the industry, the art industry was, like, helping itself. Yeah. Wish you could see a little bit more of that nowadays. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.